I'm not sure where we are going with this song because I am clueless with music. So, Dan, why don't you tell me what the reference was? So, that was Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer. But the one thing I wanted to highlight with that is once upon a time, not so long ago, I dropped another first-round matchup last year. I dropped this week. I had a team that didn't show up. Kevin, I know, is beaming sunshine out towards the Madison area right now, and it's <laughs> fucking blinding as all hell. Yeah, you know, it's the first week of playoffs, and we, you know, it's we saw kind of a, the repeat matchups. You taking on Kevin, Zane taking on yeah. Matt, and Zane avenged his demons. You, unfortunately, did not. Um, and we'll get into my team a little bit later here, but it's it's a tough pill to swallow. You know, congrats to Zane. You get to move on and play arguably the best team in the league. Um, Kevin can fuck himself. No, I'm kidding. I, you know, kudos to Kevin with it. You, you've got to win games when it matters, and I don't make excuses for anything. It just wasn't the year with it. Just didn't happen, and, you know, I think we've got a really fun two matchups that we'll get into a little bit later um, in the pick segment that are going to be fucking exciting to watch. Hells yeah. But before we get into that, we obviously, you know, you were eliminated. Nick was eliminated. We're going to let's go a little bit in depth on your teams and talk about, um, you know, what the future might hold, what this offseason might consist of. Yeah. Let's uh, start with Nick. Um, Nick's he will team. Be picking ahead of me. He will be picking ahead of you. Uh, Nick pick will, will be ahead his of me. Pick. Nick has uh, the seventh now, and you will have the eighth pick. But for Nick's purposes, it'll be the seven. Um, I believe uh, Sam has that pick. Um, but when we look at Nick's team and this season, it you know we kind of see like just the big moments and how it, things were impacted, and it really starts with Dak Prescott. Yeah. Um, Dak, you know, when his leg like or his foot like kind of just permanently turned like ninety degrees, um, Nick's season kind of turned like ninety degrees with that as well because it was mm-hmm. over. Um, you know, let's just start with Dak. I mean, how do you? We're not medical experts, but is there any cause for concern? You know, should Nick uh, have any cause? Is he going to be back healthy? Is he going to be back with the Cowboys? Uh, I, I think that starts with, is he going to be back with the Cowboys? With yeah. it? I, I don't think there's any doubt with where technology is and everything that comes with it. If Alex Smith can come back and, and play, I don't. I, I guarantee that we see Dak Prescott in some way, shape, or form. And I say that with, you know, the fucking sunshine stick on my ass with no degree other than in sports and food with it but i mean you got to hope that he's going to come back and he's going to be great but the question that is is it going to be with the cowboys i Mm -hmm. every instinct says yes but with where dallas is picking what with some of the options that they might run into maybe this is a way where you don't have to pay a guy a shit ton of money and you can invest in somebody like i don't know maybe a kid out of florida a kid out of byu that can really go through and catapult you into some of this and you can make somebody else pay Dak prescott a butt ton of money and blow their cap space and you know, they get a guy that's coming off of an injury, a pretty significant injury to a piece that he has to use to run around and be effective on the football field. Um, so for for Nick's purposes, let's say Dak does leave. Does it change, like, you know, obviously not knowing a landing spot. Does it change your th- thoughts on him as a fantasy player? I don't think so, no. I think there's a couple spots that you really hope he doesn't end up. Yep. But I think there's a couple spots that you would be very encouraged with the current their current quarterback situation, some of the talent that they have around them, that you would love to see Dak Prescott go to, aka the Chicago Bears, um, <laughs> or the Bears and dreams like that. Yeah, um, Bears are very large. So like for, Nick, yeah. for Nick, he's feeling confident. Dak's still going to be get the guy, and he doesn't have anything really to worry about. 
Yep. Um, I think kind of the next, you know, we'll stick with quarterback is Baker Mayfield. Baker, yeah. Um, he started the year off, you know, awful. Yep, he went on our skank squad. Yep, but the last three weeks, I mean, he's pushing, what are we looking at? It's 18, 29, and 29. Yep. About 25 a game. Um, now, the the level of talent, um, the past defenses haven't been the strongest, so he's capitalized. Um, we'll see the this week against the Giants. They've been a pretty stout defense this year. But, I mean, where is Baker? Is Baker, are we seeing him kind of figure it out, or is this just the byproducts of a very easy ske- uh, point in the schedule? I, I think it's a byproduct. I think it's a little bit of both. I think okay. playing an easy schedule, obviously, is the hope to build your confidence. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what what he needed coming off of a really, really pretty shitty first half with this. I mean, he had, you know, multiple games under 10 points with it. He had games in the middle to middle to early teens. And then he had a buy and then he shipped himself putting up 11 total fantasy points, basically combined through two weeks against a favorable matchup and a rough matchup, but then just really went ham ski against three teams. He should have gone ham against. And obviously, you know, the Browns are looking like they're going to make the playoffs which is yep. encouraging because that's one of those pieces that you, you got to be excited for. But I think, I think you like the optimism, but you got to maybe be a little nervous still. And it's just, it's sad when you see a guy go number one overall, you have to have that skepticism. Yeah. I mean, I think I, you know, I'm not sure if he's going to live up to maybe the top five quarterback, you know, expectations that he had after that rookie year. But I mean, I think he can settle in as as a QB two, and you know that'll have value in super flex leagues. Um, the last, you know, guy I just specifically want to spotlight, uh, Joe Mixon. This has kind of been a lost year for him. Um, he, you know, injured. You know, the whole offense kind of took a dump when Burrow left uh, with his ACL injury. Has your opinion on Mixon changed after this year? I wouldn't say no. I wasn't very high on him coming in. Yeah. Okay. He had a blow off week, fucking blow up week against Jacksonville in week four. Yep. He's had consistent weeks in five and six with it, but you know, it's another, another season where, you know, Mixon's battled the injury bug and it's a little bit rough because he was injured last year. Correct me if I'm wrong there. Right. Uh, no, he played all 16 games. I think he okay. left maybe one or two shortly or like prematurely. Okay. Cause it's, this shows. He started, yeah, he played. He did play all 16 games, put up 225 fantasy points, which he was 13th in his position last year, um, which is pretty outstanding. But, I mean, he hit an injury piece to it. I, yep. He's going to be effective in the offense. When you get a healthy Joe Burrow, the running game and pieces help set that up because um, you play respect to, to a guy like Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I, I guess I'm still not sold. I don't, I don't know why. I just – I just don't see the the flashiness that I want to see. And I guess I'm spoiled because we see guys like Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey when they get to play. And you just don't see that out of, you know, a flash out of Joe Mixon. Like, I mean, you got Dalvin Cook that they blow up the world from the running back perspective. And Mixon's just a guy that's going to be middle of the pack taking care of his business. I'm curious, does, does Nick have a guy on his roster that can be that? Can, um, you know, Antonio Gibson, can he be that? Or is Nick kind of searching for that running back style? I think Antonio Gibson has a very, very big upside to him. Um, obviously, he's had some injury pieces to it, but he's really shown that he can be the back out of that backfield. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's coming on a lot lately, and it kind of reminds me of how um, Robinson for Jacksonville started. He's he's really kind of showcasing that this is now, obviously, Robinson is the better story. He's undrafted. He has all this other fun stuff that goes with it. Yep. But this is a guy that I think that 
as he continues to gain experience, as he continues to work with this offense, see different holes and adapt his running style to what it truly is to play in the NFL. I think this is a guy that Nick's probably got to be really excited about to have on his roster. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that all goes back to probably the biggest trade of the year in the league, the Mm -hmm. Travis Kelsey trade, Um, Nick moving him for um, a first or two first um, and Antonio Gibson. And he traded Kelsey in a second. Um, But that kind of, I think for a lot of people, myself included, you know, wondered maybe what Nick's mindset is. Um, He got a first, obviously, in this year's draft. He's going to have Stefan's pick, and that'll clock in at somewhere between uh, 9, 10, or 11, or 12. We'll see how how the rest of the season finishes. Um, Do you think, is Nick going to take a step back? Um, Is he going to keep being a contender, or... You know, speculate away. Let's let's have some fun with that. I think I think Nick's going to be on the outside looking in this year. Nick's been very fortunate to be inside two years in a row. But I think yeah. you you got guys like Sam that have the ability to build a team. Jerry's got a long, a lot of young opportunities for players. Armand's got a lot of a lot of young opportunities for players. Sam's the one that can really close the gap with second year development and some of the additional first that he has here. Um, so I think Sam makes this, the leap into next year. I think Nick takes a couple steps back. I think Dick does an, again, another small rebuild because um, mm-hmm. he's got a lot of great pieces, but if he can acquire a little bit of youth, build a little bit of depth, because um, as we go through his roster, there's a lot of pieces that he ran in through injury this year, um, yep. but he's got a lot of other pieces that don't really play a whole lot of significant excitement into his roster. As far as if I got a guy that goes down, this is a guy that can help me fill in. Okay. And all right, so let's look at that with Nick's team. He's obviously not going to move Gibson, or I doubt it. Yep. Um, he's probably not going to be moving Dak Prescott. Nope. But I mean, let's Stefan Diggs, Keenan Allen. Um, those guys are both in their primes. They're wide receivers, they're studs. But if Nick wants to take that step back, if he wants to maybe reload, get a, you know, basically do another Kelsey trade, get a nice player and maybe some picks, those are the guys that make the most sense to move. Do they make the most sense to move in your eyes, though? I don't think so. No, I think this is a, this is a, you've got an OBJ coming off of an injury. OBJ is still a very, very big name. I think Odell Beckham Jr. is a great name to potentially look at moving. Um, That's the first name that kind of jumps out to me. Mo Ali Cox had a relatively okay year. I mean, he's tight end 25 with it, which means he's a starting tight end out of 32 teams, you know, playing down there. Um, You've got Zach Ertz with some of the pieces with it. Curtis Samuel, I know Nick's, you know, been tooting the horn a little bit with, and he's a young guy that potentially could be. Free um, agent to be. He could yep. be in a new position. He could pull a Robbie Anderson. Yeah, I mean, gun to my head, which guy am I going to move between Allen and Diggs? I would probably say that I'm moving Diggs. Okay. But that's really, I mean, those guys are two fucking studs. Both so, guys have gunslinging quarterbacks. Both guys can go get the ball. And I think they take their quarterbacks to new, le- new levels. You mentioned OBJ. I mean, is he the guy that if Nick wants to take a step back that, like, he has to move then? I think OBJ makes the first sense to be the first chip yeah. to fall. I would agree. with it. But, I mean, you've got a John Brown who's got an injury this year. John Brown is is a lightning rod up the field. But it's, you know, they, they're both those guys, all three of those guys play in pass-happy offenses. Mm-hmm. And I you got to like guys that get the ball thrown to them. And all three of them have quarterbacks kick and sling the ball when they want to. Okay. Um, all right, and I guess just last thing we mentioned, he has have one first rounder uh, presently. We'll see yeah, if any that's all, yeah, that's all he has right now. That's all he has. Um, 
what where is there a player is there a position you, you think you might be looking at uh with a late first rounder uh i think you gotta you've got to play a little bit of interesting focus to the quarterback position mm-hmm. just because i mean yeah you've got Minshew. Baker, you've got Dak, you've got i mean Minshew's future in jacksonville is going to be very questionable here as jacksonville looks to be so. picking second and there's uh mr fields sitting in the field that goes there. Josh Rosen didn't pan out the way that he wanted to. Um, I think that's the number one running back for sure is a need that we've got to, we've got to focus on. Carlos Hyde's not going to be your option with it. Lamar Miller's not going to get things done. Devin Singletary has shown that he can be great in the passing game, but Zach Moss is really going to be the running back in that offense. And Jeff Wilson plays with 17 other running backs in that offense. So I'm going to say that for Nick, we're addressing the quarterback position or the running back position with a later first round pick. I mean, we're talking back quarter. It could be as, like I said, as early as eight with it, um, but it could be as late as 12. Yeah. Um, all right. I, I think Nick's team is probably the most interesting or maybe second most interesting team for this offseason just because of different ways he can go, kind of the um, flexibility that he has with his. Um, you know, picks and just the direction he can take it. So very yep. curious to see how things unfold for Nick. Yeah, um, Nick's, Nick's going to Nick's gonna have a – he's going to be the team that's either going to buy and acquire so that he can do it. Because, I mean, when we look uh-huh. at what does he have for, for future that he has for draft capital, 22, he's got two firsts and a second. Yep. So he could, he could easily do a little sell, which I think is probably what we're going to see out of Nick this year. Um, and then, agree. you know, the when we move into the the – 21 22 season that's where nick's really gonna shine if he plays 21 22 20 yeah yep. which yeah fuck baby steps okay anyways <laughs> all right well let's talk about then your your team you know picking eight again the season did not go how you'd like um but you made the playoffs and that's better than you know most people in the, the league can say um when i look at your team from just the outside looking mm-hmm. in um i think you know it obviously starts with christian mccaffrey um he is your stud. Um, and unfortunately, you know, this wasn't his year. He was in and out uh, when he was in, he was amazing. But thankfully when he was out, you had Mike Davis, um, yeah. you can make a case. Mike Davis, you know, might be your like unheralded MVP. Yep, um, absolutely. But I mean, if not him, I think you got to go with Josh Allen. Um, Josh Allen, we've seen. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline kind of just steady improvement from him and i mean you have to be i mean you can talk you have to be happy with what you saw this year from josh allen right i i think josh allen found a lot of confidence and i think it all started with the fact that buffalo went out they gave him an offensive line to protect him they brought in a running back in zach moss and they found this guy named stefan Diggs that they really didn't pay a whole lot of additional bullshit for and Mm -hmm. they gave him weapons cole beasley's been probably one of the most unsung guys in that offense with it just because you have Stefan Diggs that sets the entire offense up. He's at 60, I think it was 68% on completion percentage on the entire year. That's fucking outstanding compared to what he's been throwing for the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. I mean, 13 games right now, he's already at 304 fantasy points. That's 30 points more than what he had in 16 games last year. This, I, 
I couldn't be more excited to to be watching this kid go. And especially with all the bullshit that he came with out of college, with the negative tweets, the fact that he was very inaccurate. He's 68% this year. He's really shown that he can go short and deep with the ball. And he's a, and he's a running back. He's a fucking tank of a running back. So yeah, this is a guy I'm, I mean, when you, you highlighted with at least two of the, the foundational three pieces on this team that I want to continue to build around. Yeah, and let's talk about the third one and probably just in addition to him, the strength of your team, which is probably the wide receivers. Uh, Devontae Adams, you can make a case, and I wouldn't fight you. He's the best wide receiver right now in a dynasty perspective. Um, you know, Tyler Boyd, he, he was really blossoming, you know, in this new offense with Joe Burrow. Um Adam Thielen was revitalized. You know, he's still proven to be great. He's getting a little bit older, but, you know, he's still getting the job done. Um, And then Michael Gallup, unfortunately, took a little bit of a step back. But, you know, with Dak being out, this whole offense kind of did. I mean, who who else? Who am I missing here? I mean, I've got Cole Beasley. He's had a resurgence this year. I mean, do you think, is this a one-season fluke for Cole Beasley? Or do you think... uh, can we maybe see with under this new Josh Allen that maybe just going forward, he has this um, type of performance. If they continue to utilize this offense the way that they do, I think Cole Beasley continues to be a stud on this team. Um, it's, it's, you look at Brady through his prime and he had a guy like Wes Welker and Julian Edelman, different guys that could run the shorter routes, take care of the dump out, receive the volume of, receptions and targets that they need to have. And that is what Josh Allen is utilizing with this. He's got a guy that can take the top off. He's got a guy that can go through and, you know, really blossom in this. And I think Beasley gives it to him. And I think the Buffalo offense, and again, I'm I'm going to be a homer on all this bullshit with every single piece of it because I really like the pieces that I have in it. It's going to be fantastic. And I think that this gives me the ability to have a foundation. And I, I, yeah, I think Cole Beasley can find a way to be productive in this offense for a year or two to come. So I, I guess those are my thoughts with it. I, I could be homing a lot of it on the, on the bills, but I like what I see. I think there's oh. a lot of fun. And I mean, I agree with you when you have a quarterback like Josh Allen, that's developed this way. It's hard not to be optimistic. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, I, like you said, wide receiver wise, I'm very, very encouraged by the pieces that I have in place. And I think yes. maybe next to Jerry, this might be one of the better wide receiver cores that, that are put together in this league. I mean, it's hard to argue when you have Devontae Adams and a solid foundation around him. Um, but, you know, if there's maybe a reason why he did go home you know, yep. in the first round of the playoffs, you know, there's some weak spots. <sighs> yeah. And... I mean, it, I don't know if I can pick one over the other, but I think tight end has been disappointing for you this year. And, you know, running back too um, has been inconsistent as well. I mean, as as we've seen for your plethora of running back trades uh, throughout the season, um, is there a position that in your eyes looks a little more dire than, than the other? Uh, I would definitely say running back. Okay. I, 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 like you said, I played the carousel at running back here. It started with Christian McCaffrey. I got a little rough and you're right. Mike Davis is my unsung MVP, but outside of that, I mean, when you, when I look at the fact that I started with Austin Eckler and Chris Carson on my roster and then move them, mm-hmm. like I'm fucking kicking myself in the fucking pants here as I sit here week two and can't close the fucking door on a, on a win right <laughs> now with it. And, you know, I get really excited with the fact that, all right, Leonard, Fle- Leonard Fournette's gone out of Jacksonville. Bring me the Raquel Armstead piece. And then, and then he died from COVID. 
from a recruit perspective or retired or however you want to say it. Darius Geis um, is taking a year off. He may have <laughs> like, you that. that's, that's putting it mildly. I, I don't yeah. think he's taking it off. Yeah, I know. I, I, I had hopes and dreams with it. And then, you know, Baltimore goes out, brings in J.K. Dobbins. We start play, splitting shit with Gus Edwards. Denver brings in Melvin Gordon. Philip Lindsay all of a sudden takes the backseat where I where I, you know, try to piggyback that with Lindsay and then Royce Freeman. Yeah. And then and then the wheel started fucking coming off. And it was just fucking bad. You know, it, it, I you don't I don't feel good with where my running back situation takes care of. And if that's the one thing I think when I look at my offseason needs, that's the first thing that I have to try to address. And if that's first round pick wise or moving stuff to moving, maybe a receiver to try and acquire a another running back, that's going to give me something where I'm not selling the farm and continue to have a competitive team. I think that's part of where I think I need to take my off season uh, down. Yeah. And I mean, you took the words out of my mouth. You have the first round pick this year. Um, One of the few teams that still has, First of all, their own pick, let alone even a first round pick. Um, running back is going to be a need, and you know we'll see how who declares, how the yeah. um, combine shapes up. Um, but there might not be a running back that's available um, at this spot. Um, last year, I mean, you traded your eighth pick and some other stuff for Devonte Adams. Um, do you think you're going to be aggressive trying to find that trade again? Maybe I. I would agree. And I would say anybody that wants to either move a running back or is at a spot in the draft where they feel a running back could go, I would be very much interested in talking to you. I think the first couple picks are going to be, I think the first two picks are almost guaranteed to where we see pieces are going to fall yeah. with it. Maybe the first three, possibly four, just because it's very rare, at least from last year to this year, where we see four different teams picking in the first four picks. Yep. with it but as we start getting into repeat offenders you know is there a move up opportunity for me and you know is it going to cost me a fucking arm and a leg or is there a person that hey might want to jump into this eight spot that has some additional depth that i very well could acquire from it and as well, we've learned in this year depth is depth is key to to making a, a comeback and to holding a roster let's play the yeah trade picasso what if so let's assume you can't get the first two picks those two picks right now just yeah which you know, again we'll see how the draft shakes out you know right now it's easy to say we know how it looks but until we see where the nfl picks these guys where these guys go yep. you can't assume anything but yep. right now we're going to assume lawrence fields go one two in some order and those yep. guys are the tier one armand so jerry living the dream yep and but we look at the second tier so let's start with the third pick so that would be sam um now this is just speculation. Yeah. But let's say you off- offered your first pick. And would you include, and I'm going to run through each of these guys, you say yes or no. Okay. So the eighth pick and Julian Edelman for the third pick. Yes. The eighth pick and Michael Gallup for the third pick. Yes. The eighth pick and Tyler Boyd for the third pick. That one's interesting to me. I, I might lean yes. Uh, the eighth pick and Adam Thielen. I think Thielen would be easier for me to move than Boyd. Oh, interesting. Okay. And so, again, I look at that just okay. from a from a youth perspective and what I saw That's coming true. out of Boyd's chemistry with Burrow and mm-hmm. the fact that he had his he had his fifth year option picked up by Cincinnati. Yeah. No, that's a fair point. Okay. So potentially, I mean, that's probably the line. Obviously, you're not going to move Adams. 
Yeah, Adams is staying on the team with with part of it, unless somebody wants to pay the price that I paid for Adams with it. Yep. I mean, I could move Beasley. I think there's a lot of pieces that are there, and I have the depth and wide receiver that can make some of these moves with it. And I obviously have a couple different handcuffs for some people that if they want to acquire their handcuff, obviously that makes it a little bit easier for me to to move a piece. Oh yeah, for sure. Um... Well, so that'd be interesting. Um, I, or, you know, if it's not the third pick, it could be the fourth or fifth pick. Um, yeah. Because I think, again, we'll see how it shakes out, but it looks like there's two really nice running backs in this class and then some question marks. So, um, you know, for the teams that aren't out or, you know, just teams that are or people that are just hyped for the draft, it's going to be fun to see who declares and how the, the combine approaches for these guys. Um, now that I've gotten just more experience with dynasty and, you know, like it that much, it's, um, it's always fun to just see who rises up and falls down these boards after, uh, the quote unquote experts tell you all year who's good and who's not good. Yep. So the question I'll ask you here is we, we finish rounding out talks for this. So obviously Kevin and I finish at the 17 and nine mark, but we've got Adam at 13 and 13, Steve at 12 and four, Chris at nine and seven. All three of these teams have shown the ability to come on with life in this. Obviously, yeah. I'm the I'm the first man out here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself at that third playoff tier in the next year. Okay. Am I going to be fighting for this, or are there enough pieces on my roster that can continue to help me hold off and continue to make this playoff? So your team, you know, I mean, I hate to say this, your team's in a very difficult spot because yep. you have guys on here that you need to contend with. When you look at Christian McCaffrey, you look at Devontae Adams and Josh Allen now. But then you also have guys like Kirk Cousins, Drew Brees, you know, Mark Ingram, we might already be seeing it, you know, guys that are just kind of at the end of maybe their career, yeah. you know, their fantasy viability, maybe Adam Thielen, you kind of mentioned him. Um, so what, you know, what happens? Yeah, Julian Edelman, you know, are those guys still going to, can you count on them next year? Or are we going to see them just fall off a cliff or, you know, just not be viable for you? So I think you're, you know, unfortunately, at least as things sit right now, I think you're going to be, you're going to be fighting for it. Um, and if I had to make a prediction right now, I don't know if I'd have you in the playoffs. Yep, I, I think this is a very interesting piece. And my, I question, do I go through what Ruth is doing? And do yeah. I play for a mini rebuild? Do I keep these three guys, but do I try and revolutionize and move some of the other talent for win now purposes? to acquire maybe a little youth or a little draft capital as we go forward. So let's get crazy. Yeah, let's get crazy. What, what are you, what are you drinking? Old... Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry. That's a different kind of crazy. Go ahead. You have, you, if you had to trade Jack, mm-hmm. one of Josh Allen, Devontae Adams, or Christian McCaffrey, who would you be more comfortable <sighs> trading? Fuck. That's a dead, dead. Okay. Now nah, let me hold on. Let me, let me pause for a second. Now you me... need a drink maybe. Yep. Let me take a drink really quick. <sighs> McCaffrey yeah do you think okay and second question yeah does McCaffrey have the most value out of these three yes I agree with both those statements that's oh fuck that was the hardest thing I've had to fucking do today I I got shit stolen from the store today and that was the hardest fucking thing I had to deal with today I mean but it's I don't think it's the wrong approach because when you look at running backs and you know this is you know kind of my philosophy and I think it's a lot of people's you know might even be the consensus if you have one of these elite running backs and you at all like kind of question where you're sitting or you don't think you're good enough to maybe compete or be in the playoffs, ship them out. Get the value that you can now because we'll see it time and time again for as long as this league, you know, runs. Running backs just 
drop off a cliff like at a moment's notice. Yep. And McCaffrey's amazing, and he might have five more years of being amazing. He might only have two years of being amazing. He might only have a year of being amazing. That's just how how it works for the position, unfortunately. Yeah, and so, when you think about some of the big names that have already been moved, mm-hmm. uh, Ezekiel Elliott, um, Le'Veon Bell, um, Saquon Barkley, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. Like, I mean, we've seen all these big names that have fucking moved on from it. And I mean, I think that's the piece where you kind of capitalize with what you said. Like, like, yeah. I mean, like you take your options, but I mean, when you get, and the question becomes is how long is Aaron Rodgers going to be throwing the ball to Devonte Adams? That's, and yeah, you know, I have to think about part of that. And I think Josh Allen continues to be my future. I think of the three of those, Josh Allen would be the one guy I would not move on from first. He would probably be the last guy that I would want to move from. Hard to argue with that, given you know the position he plays, how he, his age and production. Um, yeah, the, yeah. I, I don't disagree with any of this. Yeah, so I think I think we put in a good time for this. I, the one thing I do want to take a second to do this, and this is going to be off script for the two of us. Okay. Um, I want to get your thoughts on the two name changes we had as we went through this week. So <laughs> Kevin, Kevin changes his name to King Henry. What are your initial thoughts when you see like Kevin using uh, first off the word King? in his mm-hmm. in his title and understanding that Derrick Henry obviously is the reason where Kevin's having the most success here. So it's twofold. For starters, I think it's a great name. Like King Henry. If you have Derrick Henry in your your fantasy dynasty league, that's a no-brainer name. And uh, you know, the emoji, sure, why not? On the second, you know, flip side of things, he's playing with fire, moving off the ACL name after having no ACL injuries all year. He's just begging for Derrick Henry or someone to tear his ACL this week. Hope I don't jinx him, but I that's where my head's at. I'm <laughs> gonna give you a little bit of his stuff here. That's just the first thing that comes to my mind with that. We Hermits Hermits, you know, King Henry, Henry the Eighth, I am, I am. Uh-huh. So yeah, that's kind of my initial reactions and Captain AK forty one. I mean yeah. Uh, like Stefan said, it's probably better than Flash Gordon at this point. So um, it really is. So then again, a, Stefan might need a new, you know, avatar here. See if I can talk to my sister about making him a new avatar. Like, like I know, I know he, he my sister made the the Flash Gordon one. We mm-hmm. got Minshew's hammer. We saw Captain Minshew. So maybe we got to get a little Captain AK forty one something going on. Yeah, so I, I'm all for it. I think it's fun, you know, seeing stuff like that. And if your sister or someone does like new logos, that's that's always fun too. My sister, graphic, my sister does graphic design for a living. She uh, does all the shit for the University of Missouri with it, which is super cool. Uh, plug to her if you haven't <laughs> followed her. She does all the men's basketball graphics and logos, as well as the women's for the University of Missouri. Check her out on Twitter. With there it, you go. but uh, there's my uh, you know family plug for the evening, but. We have a we have a week fifteen matchups to talk about, and I think that's probably where we need to get our conversation on. Obviously, I went two and zero last week. You went one and one. I appreciate the fact that you you took me. I just you know, yep, I had, I have had to, to shoot my shots, and you know, thanks for failing, Dan. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm here for, man. Obviously, this that that solidifies the fact that I have a three game lead right now with uh, only three games left to pick. So the best you can do is four time games. Me. With there will be a third place game. Oh yes, you're right. There will be a third place game. My apologies for that. I, um, so I got to go three or you know. Yeah, you any block. Yeah. yeah, you got you got to get it done here, and I mean it's not out of the not out of the options with it. No. Um, but I tell you what, man, I'm these two matchups are going to be fucking bangers this week. It really is because I mean, right now you could make a case that 
the two best teams, hottest teams, are the ones that won this week. Yep. You know, not you know, not trying to reverse jinx or anything like that, but Zane and Kevin's team, you know, they they're hot right now. You know, one eighty one and one eighty seven. Mm-hmm. Fucking have it. They've got the guys, and they are performing well. Um, so let's start with uh, yeah, the, the Avengers is, division. Yeah, the question is, and, do they have the matchups this week? Very much so. Um, so let's start with the Avengers division. And do you want to start it off with maybe my team? Yeah, let's. Team, whatever you I'll, want. I'll start with you. Give me a second. Yeah. I gotta get. I gotta get your team pulled up here because Sleeper is kind of a bitch to deal with as far as um, updating this. All yeah. right, so. We obviously always start quarterback, most important position that we have right here. And you obviously have a guy named Russell Wilson, who probably is the third most, maybe third, fourth person in MVP race. Kyler Murray's probably right up there in fourth and fifth with going. Both guys have interesting matchups. Russell Wilson plays Washington and Kyler Murray plays Philadelphia. A little bit testy when it comes to um, part of those. And um I, I can't. I, I was say I can't imagine if I'm you. I'm feeling really super excited about the two matchups that I have with it. And Deshaun Watson might have one of the. I probably has the worst matchup between the three as he plays a tough indie indie defense. Yeah, um, not even an option for me. Yeah, week. which and I can respect this, but you got Dalvin Cook, which you've got to feel good understanding that Dalvin Cook went up last week and played a really really tough Tampa Bay team and took care of business. I mean, Tampa Bay's probably got one of the best run defenses. He put up 19 points. He went for over 100 yards. This week, he goes up against a Chicago team who is going to give him a run for his money, but you've got to feel good having Dalvin Cook. And then Raheem Mostert has a very favorable matchup, and this is where I think we start to see the light in your tunnel get a little bit better. Because after we talk about your quarterbacks and Dalvin Cook, we start to see matchups that can get very exploitable. Darren Waller, Thursday night, against the Chargers, very favorable matchup with it. Robinson against Minnesota, very favorable matchup. Woods, very favorable against the Jets. Hawkinson, tight end premium league, man. Tennessee, mm-hmm. very favorable matchup. Mark Andrews, you are currently starting three tight ends in a tight end premium league. I thought it's about a, four for a second. It's a very ballsy piece to it. And I, I think you very well could look at the fact that Robert Tanyan plays the Carolina Panthers. With it, I, I assume that's the guy we're talking about, yeah. right? Yeah, yep. I, what a what a great match set of matchups here. When we look at your bench, I I don't know if you're aware of this, and this is where this becomes interesting. You're benching Amari Cooper. Bad matchup, right very bad matchup. But we're benching a guy like Amari Cooper right now. Yeah, Hollywood Brown has been interesting uh there was talks that he needed to give up the nickname hollywood to uh richard higgins <laughs> with it which i thought was i fucking chuckled at part of this mm-hmm. um harrison bryant uh, there's another tight end great matchup against tennessee with uh with or you have hunter bryant sorry i fucking reading's a skill in mind i i mean you're you've got to be feeling good for a lot of your skill position players about what you're beginning to put forth that zane's gonna have to deal with your quarterback position is a little rough but i mean if if I'm you, I mean you got to be feeling good, right? Uh, I mean the quarterbacks because that's really what my team's strengths are, and that's you know not even ignoring just ignoring the matchups. You know Kyler and Russell just they haven't been the greatest. You know the last few weeks of the season. Um, so hopefully for my sake they turn it around. But you know against in these tough matchups, I'm not sure if I should be that optimistic. Um, you called out the two guys that I'm currently debating the most in Amari Cooper and, you know, Hollywood Brown. Um, Bolt, Amari doesn't have the greatest matchup. Um, Hollywood Brown does have a good matchup. And 
I'll go back and forth probably all week on those two. So we'll see. But I'm feeling optimistic, but I think it's the reason I'm not optimistic is probably because of Zane's team just as a whole. And let's just look at Zane's team. Yeah. Uh, quarterback, he's going to be starting Aaron Rodgers against the Carolina Panthers. Great matchup. I mean, great matchup. I mean, Justin Herbert probably is going to be his quarterback yep. um, against um, the Las Vegas uh, Raiders. He, we could, you know, see uh, Lamar Jackson against Jacksonville. I wouldn't fault that. But either way, he's going to be feeling great about whichever quarterback he goes with. Yeah. And I, then, do you give any credit to Taysom Mill? against Kansas City. Do you give any credit? I mean, obviously, we're not sure what Drew Brees' situation is, but let's say Brees isn't coming back. Does Taysom Hill hold any fantasy relevance to you in this between Lamar Jackson and the two guys he is starting right now? I say no, just because at the end of the day, this is the playoffs. You know, both guys, he's obviously starting Aaron Rodgers, so it comes down to Herbert or Jackson. Both those guys have good matchups. Why would you get greedy? Um, and, you know, go around those go so for something like that. The only piece that I'll say is Herbert's playing on a short week on Thursday night mm-hmm. with it, which I, I never like Thursday night games. I continue to be the, the beater rabbit around here. And he's a rookie. Yeah, no. And, you know, that's why we might see Lamar Jackson. And you could make a case Lamar Jackson might have a better matchup against the Jags. So um, yep. not feeling great. And then we look at running backs. I mean, freaking David Montgomery. Yeah. Yeah. Since the bye, he's averaged over 20 points a game. He gets the Minnesota Vikings that haven't been the greatest. Porous. Very porous. Yep, very porous. And then Jonathan Taylor, he probably gets the matchup of the week. I mean, I haven't seen any mm-hmm. rankings yet, but he might be the RB1 overall yeah. going up against the Houston Texans. Houston, Ooh, I saw fun great fact, stat. Yeah, didn't. Oh, are did, you going to say it? I, I was, go ahead. I was going to say, I'm not, I'm pretty sure there was a running back that went through that you just talked about that fucking ripped Houston for a new asshole last week. His name's David Montgomery. And yeah. fun fact, I think it was the last three weeks prior to this week, um, Houston has given up um, six running backs to a top 20, or six running backs have been top 20 scorers against yeah, them for the last yeah, three you, weeks. So that's, that's counting backups. Like, yeah. that's insane to me. Yep, correct. Um, and then, I mean, obviously, the, his, I mean, just cap it off, Miles Sanders going up against Arizona. That's not quite as good of a matchup. But at the same point, this Philadelphia Eagles offense just looks different with Jalen Hurts under center. So I don't feel great about, you know, seeing Sanders. And then when we look at wide receivers, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins against Philadelphia, it's a solid to good matchup. Tyler Lockett against Washington. That might be the worst matchup that I've said so far for Zane. Um, Mike Evans against Atlanta. Great matchup. Dallas Goddard against Arizona. That's a solid matchup. And Evan Ingram against Cleveland. That's an okay matchup. Um, I think those are the guys Zane's probably considering at this point. And the running backs just scare me. Yeah. I'm worried. Very, very worried. Yeah, I think Evan Ingram's a very interesting name that we want to look at. Dallas Goddard's got a tough little sled here mm-hmm. as as we go through and it's where do you play your hunches i i mean let me ask you this question here yeah. what are your what's your opinion on zach Ertz? and we'll get into you know ruth has zach Ertz and all this other kind of pieces and we we i think we skipped part of that but Ertz and goddard on this philadelphia team where are you are you feeling excited about either of those players does one sway more ahead of you than the other obviously we have jalen hurts that's starting a quarterback here where do you sit on dallas goddard I mean, I think Dallas Goddard is proven to be a very good tight end. And, you know, he a lot of people have been very excited for him for the last two years. And I think now that he's getting healthy, you know, he missed, I think, five weeks this year. 
Um, he's been lights out the last four weeks. And I think Dallas Goddard is, he's not in that elite tier like the Travis Kelsey, you know, Kittle, Darren Waller. You know, maybe there's one or two guys I forgot. But I think he's right, you know, up there in that second tier. Um, so, yeah, I think Dallas Goddard's great. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I think that's, uh, yeah, I, I think, yep, that's all I got. Yep, I agree. So, yeah, it'll just, at this point, I think for Dallas Goddard and, you know, even for Miles Sanders, you know, with the pass game, it's what can Jalen Hurts do? We saw what he can do with his legs, but his pass game, you know, left things a little bit um, to be desired. So it'll be interesting to see if maybe he gets more comfortable in his second full week uh, as a starter uh, with practice and all that stuff um, and how he does this week against the cards. Yeah. So are we making picks now for this one? or Are we going to pick at the very end here? Because obviously I'll pick first because you're the one chasing. Yep. No, so let's. Let's make the picks right now. Who are you going in the the Justice League, or excuse me, the Avengers, the rights to go to the championship? So as tempting as it is with Zane's premier quarterback matchups and a couple of David Montgomery and a couple other pieces, I'm going to take you. You went 24 and two. I I feel like your quarterbacks can overcome some of this. They have enough talent to make the pieces that you can feel good. And I like a lot of the, positional player matchups that you have. I'm sorry, Zane. Uh, this might come back to bite me in the ass, but I will take Nick Weir to represent the Avengers League in um, our Super Bowl. So I made my picks, but I'm going to be picking against you no matter what, because I think both these games are close. And I picked Zane, even without knowing your matchup. I just, the running back matchups, particularly um, Montgomery's and um, Jonathan Taylor's just really, really frightened me. I mean, I think, I think this matchup's when it comes down to it, again, I think you said it, both matchups are going to be fucking delicious Mm -hmm. to watch here. And as we watch the scores unfold and we see where, you know, some of these teams play. And this is the one thing where I love watching some of this. Um, We've got Saturday games. Yep. Fun fact. We have Saturday games. We got one Thursday, two Saturday, and then we've got a, what do we have early? We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Motherfucker, we get eight fucking early games on Sunday with three afternoon games. Oh, yeah. What the fuck, man? And one of them is the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. Like, fucking great. The afternoon slate sucks. At least by 325, we should have a very, very, very good idea what's going to happen in this matchup, I think, with some of the players that we've talked about. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, It's... And if I start Connor, it might come down to that Monday night game against uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, which is another crappy game. Yeah, it's a very crappy game. But so let me ask you this question. Uh-huh. Do you feel do you feel good going into Sunday night chasing points with a player to play, or do you feel better leading with points with playing a with a guy that still has yet to play against you? Um, I mean, it, it obviously depends on the guy. If it's James Conner, I don't feel great trailing. If it's Dalvin Cook, I feel fine trailing. Yeah, I'm, is that as a cheap answer? Yeah, it's it's a cheap bullshit answer. I agree with it. I I will tell you, <laughs> it's always better to have the lead and watch it dwindle away than to not have the lead come up short. I, I feel like it, I would rather have the lead and just watch it fucking just piece itself away with some good shit. Um, just like I did with you against one league that we played in yep. where I get to play for the, in the toilet bowl. It is what it is, but I, I would rather lose that way than to watch it go through and then to come up short. Like I, that's just me. Nope. That's, that's completely fair. Um, all right, so we're we're going opposites. Um, yep, let's, I hope you're right for for my sake. Yep, I got I got you back. I, I'll take pick 'em 
if it means I, I, if I'm going to win a championship this year, granted, it's just you and me, but I'll fucking take it. Ruth bitched out the entire year. No offense, but I love you. you. You know, you and Courtney do your thing with it. Um, I'll take the pick on win. That's a small, small moral victory for me. All right. Well, let's go on to two teams that you're uh, very, very aware of. And let's talk about the Justice League. Yeah. Uh, Kevin versus Stefan, the defending champ, uh, has the bye. Uh, and he's playing for the right to go to the championship game. Uh, who do you want the honors of going break or to break down first? Dan? I I say I'm I say I start with Kevin. I think I think it's... we give Stefan the ability to represent, be the last guy that we get to talk about with it. He's earned the ability to be the anchor and be that guy. So, uh, it's here, Kevin's team. Fucking Ryan Tannehill, and this is a guy that's talking about being invested in the Tennessee team. And Ryan Tannehill has shown that he can be a fucking absolutely outstanding player. And there's a chance that Derrick Henry might break the single single game rushing record in this matchup. And that's a scary fucking thing. Detroit's running defense is fucking atrocious. Mm-hmm. And it, it's so unbelievably bad. Unbelievably bad. And then J.K. Dobbins has a really, really um, fun matchup against Jacksonville, which we talked about earlier that has a has given up some big games. Calvin Ridley's been Stefan's arguably number one wide receiver the entire year. Travis Kelsey has, an, has a tougher matchup here with the New Orleans Saints. Um, Daniel Jones was a fucking dog shit last week to go with it. Is Matthew Stafford going to play this week? I believe he's going to be out. Okay, which now that me so we have Daniel Jones, who mm-hmm. has a matchup against Cleveland, or we have Sam Darnold, who's playing the number one defense in the world. Daniel, Fun fact, Daniel Jones last week put up one, one point. Yeah, one point. So here's one fucking point. We talk about Kevin's team and he's obviously got Stafford who's out. Um, I don't know what the status is for Hunter Henry, um, but does Kevin start two quarterbacks this week? Is there any merit to starting? Like, do you really want your season to come down to Daniel Jones? No, I, you definitely don't want your season to come down to fucking Daniel Jones with especially with the fact that he plays Sunday night. When we talk about players that do you want to lead or do you want to chase? There's no way in fuck in hell I'm chasing with fucking Daniel Jones and a Sterling Shepard stack and I'm down points. You can't feel good about that. I understand they play Cleveland mm-hmm. with it, but I don't feel good about it. and this is a guy that started Daniel Jones and lost to you in another league. This is yeah. you know the, welcome to the Twilight Zone. Um it's not fucking great. It's really, really not. Um but Kevin has some interesting options with it. He's got Michael Pittman, very, very good matchup here against Houston. Um, Gesicki has shown places where he has excitement with this. He put up 26 points last week, um, but it looks like he might not be playing. You know, you've got Hunter Henry short week against the Chargers. He's got a questionable designation, though. Um, oh, man, this is – there's some interesting pieces here that Kevin gets to deal with from some of the guys that he has and Juju has had his fair share of issues on the field. Brandon Ayuk has looked exceptionally decent with everything that's going on with it. So you got to feel good there. It really sucks that you might have to come down to a stack of Daniel Jones to Sterling Shepard for your matchup. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that just kind of says it all. I, you don't feel great about that, you know, for Kevin's team. And but at the same time, I don't know if you feel comfortable benching Jones for one of those positional players. Maybe sure. if Kenny Galladay goes, um, but then again, Stafford's not going, so never mind. I don't know what I'm saying. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's not great for what, Kevin. 
no, it's it's Kevin has some very good matchups. Derrick Henry could legitimately probably on his own help carry Kevin to a Justice League divisional title with how great of a matchup he has. We talked about it, you know, going into last week. Henry has three phenomenal games. He delivered 36 points week or the first week. What does he do against Detroit? What is what is Henry or we'll get back to this after, but I wonder what Henry needs to score for Kevin to win. Um <sighs> Let's look at Stephens' team, though, okay. and we'll start with the quarterbacks. I mean, Tom Brady. When we, or let's just backtrack. Yeah, I feel like with Stephens' team, we have a lot of guys that are at this point in the season. They kind of have like a Jekyll and Hyde vibe going on. Like, are we going to get good Tom Brady? Or are we going to get bad Tom Brady? Are we going to get good Calvin, Alvin Kamara or bad Alvin Kamara? Good Jared Goff or bad Jared Goff? Like, obviously Alvin Kamara is great, but we've just seen his you know role kind of be so different with Taysom Hill and. With those three guys, who's going to play? All going to play a big role for Stephens' team. What kind of production is he going to get? Um, Nick Chubb is has a tough matchup against the Giants, but he's Nick Chubb. Uh, Tyreek Hill going up against the Saints. I mean, that's that might be the game of the week in the NFL. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do. Um, Cooper Cup going up against the Jets. You got to feel good about that. Probably starting Eric Ebron against the Cincinnati Bengals. That could be a massacre Monday night. Um, Melvin Gordon against Buffalo. That's a solid matchup. And right now, it's we'll see what happens. But Ronald Jones, you probably start against the Falcons, but he just had yes. surgery. Is he going to play this week? Brandon Cooks was a late scratch, but he's got an awful matchup against the Colts. Um, and if those guys can't go for Stefan, when you look at some of the, you know, the options that he has for his team, there's, I mean, I don't know who you feel great about. Um, I guess maybe Leonard Fournette if Ronald Jones is out, but he was a healthy scratch last week, so mm-hmm. you really feel comfortable about that. I mean, Devontae Parker could be maybe the guy. I mean, Tyler Higby, do you really want to do that? I mean, I'm not joking, but maybe it's Jimmy Graham. I don't oh, know. I was just going to say old man Graham, baby. And this <laughs> is the best part about this is Stefan is a diehard Packer fan, and he might have to rely on a Bears tight end to win him a game. It, I mean, we, we laugh, but... We'll see what happens with Ronald Jones and Brandon Cooks because if those guys, if one of those guys is out, Stefan might find himself in a really, really uncomfortable spot. And, you know, it's it's kind of fitting. I think both Stefan and Kevin have pretty severe questions at the end of their rosters this week. Um, I mean, I mentioned it with, you know, Derek Henry. What is there like a number he needs to score for Kevin to win? Or do you think Kevin's the favorite going into this week? That's tough. I mean, that's a. I think that's the the question here. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna put it over. I'll set the over under at thirty two and a half. I don't think he needs to get thirty two. You don't. You don't think he needs to get that for Kevin to win? I don't think so. No. What do you What do you have it at? I think he's got to get over twenty four points. Interesting. So. Derrick Henry and then Alvin Kamara. How close does Kamara have to score to Derrick Henry to give Stefan a chance? Within nine points. Okay. You? I think it's. I think it's. I think it's within five. Okay. I think Kamara's. I think Kamara's got to take care of business against Kansas City. If Drew B, If Drew Brees starts, Alvin Kamara gets a massive lift. Oh, I agree. If Drew Brees starts, I mean, I feel a lot better about Stefan's team. Um, but, yep. you know, with Taysom Hill, it's just there's too much unknown. 
it could be yep. we could see what we saw last week against the Eagles, and that's a 20 point performance. Or we could see a game where he does jack shit and it's the Latavius Murray show. Mm-hmm. It's your guess is as good as mine, unfortunately. And you know, for Stefan, it, it sucks that that's what you know it might come down to uh, in this you know the winner go home you know playoff atmosphere. Yeah, it's it's but it's a good matchup. It's a great matchup, and and Nick Chubb playing Sunday night is mm-hmm. is great. I mean, the worst thing for Kevin is. Kevin's playoff fantasy matchup could legitimately come down to his boy Eric Ebron against himself. It's true, and and this is this is an interesting one because Eric Ebron's had a case of the drops as of most of the Steelers with it, and that's I mean if you're if you're Stefan and your matchup comes down to you're chasing, let's call it ten points with Eric Ebron on the on the slate. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? <laughs> ten points from Eric Ebron. Not great. I, I don't want to rely on Eric Ebron for anything no, more than like no, no, for like don't. for like anything more than two points. Oh, I, I do not want to rely on Eric Ebron at all. So no, I, I would not feel great if I was Kevin if I was trailing by ten points. Yep. Would you? No, fuck, absolutely fucking not. This is it, it. Like, I feel like there are worse opportunities in this matchup than in the you insane matchup. I feel like there's a little bit more of that could be fucking crazy with this. Um, yep, I agree. So what's what's it going to be? Who, who are you taking to represent the Justice League and the championship? I'm going to do it. He'll probably hate me in the fucking morning for it, but give me Stefan. And again, I don't have to change my pick. I'm going with Kevin. I just, I hate his quarterback, you know, spot. Uh, I, I don't know if he starts Daniel Jones or not, but I hate that he has to even consider it. But Kane Henry, here, here, give me him. Okay, so the one yep. question I'll ask you here. Mm-hmm. I need you to, from one being the highest scoring team in the league of the remaining four and four being the lowest scoring, rank for me the four from top scoring team to lowest scoring team, what you're going to see this week. Who's going to put up the most points and who's going to shit the bed? I'm going to say Stefan's team, or excuse me, excuse me. Zane's team is going to be the one that's the highest scoring team. Okay. And uh, honestly, I just got a bad feeling. I'm going to say my team. I, I don't feel good about things. Okay. So then between Stefan and Kevin, obviously you're going to pick Kevin to score more points than Stefan. Correct. With an ICN, I feel a little bit kind of the, the opposite way. I've got, I've got you at one, Stefan okay. at two, Kevin at three, and Zane at four. Yeah, well. But I think at the end of the day, I'll, and I'll, I'll put this as my bold prediction. Okay. Both matchups are within seven and a half points. That's going to be a nail biter. It's going to come down to Eric Ebron. That's fucking bold in my world, dude. It is. It's very much so. Conference championships. It's going to be a doozy. Yep, it's about that time. Best of luck to myself. To Zane, to Stefan, to Mr. Kevin Ruth. Hopefully no one tears an ACL. Yep, it's going to be a fun matchup, boys. And I think this is one of those ones where if you're in it, it's going to be more stressful. But if you're on the outside looking in, or if you have these guys' draft picks like some of the people do, like, <laughs> root against them with it. Uh, it's been a pleasure as it always is, Mr. Weir. Have an amazing rest of your evening, sir, and I look forward to next week. Yeah, oh, yeah, can't wait. Hopefully it's me celebrated. That, that's what I hope for, too, in the pick'em sads. <laughs>